If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. In this day and age that we live in, we know that the world seeks to rid itself of anything to do with God. And we, we see this taking place in, in, in so many different um, arenas and, and platforms. And I find it very interesting because the world has given so many things and so many different people the title of a God. And so when I think about it, and I think, wow, I can't believe that they would actually come against the Word of God because, because that, the, the world has made that so broad. The world has said, well, this is a God, and He is a God, and she is a God, and they call everything God. And so I find it very interesting how they come against that name. But there's one name that the world comes against and comes against very strongly when it comes to when it comes to believing in the supernatural and believing in something that you cannot see and that name is Jesus Christ that name is Jesus Christ see cuz you can you can still say god in certain arenas and maybe maybe not catch that much slack why because like i said the world has made that name so broad but when you mention the name of Jesus, how many of that people get offended? When you mention the name of Jesus, all of a sudden you get kickback. When you mention the name of Jesus, all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 you can't say that name in here. And God, and God help us when that takes place in his church. Oh, God help us as a nation, when the church becomes afraid to mention the name of Jesus. When the church falls under prey of the world and become, and become fearful and, and begin to, to give in to the bullying of the world. Oh, we can't use Jesus here. No, the government, the government says we can't use it here. No, we don't care what the government says in regards to mentioning the name of Jesus. Because how many know that we have a higher authority than any government official? Amen? And I'll say that proudly. We serve a, we serve a higher power. As Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, and he writes this, and Paul writes this because of Jesus' humbleness and obedience, and he says, God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him, Jesus, the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
I entitled this message this morning, Speak Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to speak the name of Jesus. Come on, tell him, you need to speak the name of Jesus. You see, there is power in the name of Jesus. There's power. The, even, even the enemy, the enemy uh, uh, quivers at the name of Jesus. Because he is so fearful. Why? Because he understands the power. He understands the power better than you and I. You see, but God wants us to come to that same understanding of the power of the name of Jesus. And not only just to know the power, because I mean, no, it's not, it, it, you know, it's good to know something, but it's better to start applying it into our lives and start living like it's real. Amen? So how are you using the name of Jesus in your life? How are you using the name of Jesus in your home? How are you using the name of Jesus at your job? How are you using the name of Jesus at your school? How are you using the name of Jesus in church? See, I believe God wants us, God wants us to operate under the power that Christ has given to us through the shedding of his blood on Calvary's cross and to activate this in our lives, in our daily living, in our daily vocabulary, that we would, that we would speak the name of Jesus over our lives and over our circumstances, amen? And we will see change when we speak the name of Jesus over this nation. We will see things begin to change. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. This was the first encounter, the first experience that I ever had with Encountering the power of God. My first encounter was this, was the power of the name of Jesus. I was probably about six or seven years old. And I remember, because I had watched some, some, some scary movies at one of my friends' house when I was a little kid, I remember getting, getting nightly nightmares. And I remember, I was, I was young, and I would, I would, you know, every night I would, I, I would wake up screaming, you know, crying. And my mom would come to my room. I was just a little guy. She would come to my room and she was singing this song that we used to sing in church. Now, now maybe some of, some of you old timers remember this. I remember it. I was a kid. And the song, the song was called Jesus. There is something about that name. See, this is the power of his name. Is that even, even just the mentioning of his name will cause a grown man to tear up. It's the power of the name of Jesus. And it's the experience that I had. And I remember 
my mom would come into that room and she would, she would sing this song. And I remember falling fast asleep, but I remember experiencing God's peace in my life. I was a young kid, about six or seven years old, and experiencing God's peace for the very first time in my life. Experiencing the power of the name of Jesus in my life. An experience that I will never, ever forget. I think about it like it was yesterday. It's so fresh. And I always, I always look back on those days. And when it, comes to, when it comes to me serving God now, so much, so much of my foundation is built upon that experience. I was a young kid, and my foundation is built upon that experience. You see, parents, you pray over your children. You speak Jesus over your children because they will never forget it. You are building their foundation upon Jesus Christ. And the song, the song went on to say, Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there is something about that name. There is something about that name. And like I said, there's songs that we used to sing back in the day that I sing now, and instantly, instantly I ball up. Why? Why? Because, because, it's a, because, because the, uh, the way it was sung? No, because the power of the words, the power of worship, amen, that when you worship God, I mean, no, God moves. He moves, and he doesn't move away. He, he draws closer. He draws closer. As you worship the Lord, he draws closer to you and I. And you begin to experience his peace. And you begin to experience his joy. I urge you, if you aren't experiencing God's peace in your life right now, then you need to worship him. You need to cry out his name. You need to speak the name of Jesus. From that day forward, everything changed. My perspective changed. And it's a lot like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. And he says this, he says, At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Isn't that true? He says how differently we know him now. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Paul says it so perfectly. He says, before we had this human point of view of Jesus, that he was just this person who walked the face of the earth. No, no, nothing more, nothing less. 
He was just a person like you and I. So why would anyone worship this man named Jesus? Because he was just like you and I. And we look at him like this. And we begin to, we begin to, to look through, the, the, through our, uh, the world's eyes at who Jesus truly is or how he is perceived. But then Paul says, because you got to understand, this is after Paul's encounter with the risen Christ. All right? So you have to understand this. Paul had a real, true encounter. So true that he couldn't even see afterwards. The glory of God shone so bright that he became blind. And I could relate to Paul's experience with encountering Christ, encountering the power of the name of Jesus, and how everything from that point changed. It changed. Do any of you remember that point in your life where everything changed? Your perspective changed. The things that you desired changed. You didn't desire the things that you were doing before. Those desires that you had just 24 hours ago. You didn't desire the same thing. It changed. Something took place in your life. There was no mistaking it. You can look back and you can come to a place in your life where you say, that's when everything changed. It was that day. God did something in my life. And from that day forward, I was never the same. And this is what God does. And this is what God seeks to do in all people. The Bible says that he wishes that none would perish, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. The power in the name of Jesus. The power to heal, amen? How many know that the power in the name of Jesus can bring healing? bring healing over your life when's the last time you spoke the name of Jesus over your sickness or did you speak the name of Motrin over your headache Lord I'm gonna speak the name of Vicodin over this one let's see what you can do now how about speaking the name of Jesus amen the next, time, the, next time you, the next time you experience that sickness, amen, whatever's taking place in your body right now, you lay hands on yourself and you speak the name of Jesus over your life. I want to look this morning at the authority that we have in him. Because we're talking about speaking the name of Jesus. We're talking about speaking Jesus in your life and why it is so important. What can it do? 
You mean to tell me that if I just speak Jesus over my life, I'm going to be healed? I believe it. I've seen it. So why is it all of a sudden going to change today? You speak it over your life. And you let God do what he desires to do in your life. And so we need to understand the authority that we have in him. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the question is, what is this authority that we have in Jesus Christ? You see, the authority that Jesus is talking about in Luke 10, 19 is not a brute force power. Now, let me give you an understanding of this. You've seen, I'm sure, as you were driving, maybe an intersection where the lights were down, or maybe there was an accident, and you see the police officer stopping traffic, and they're waving traffic, and they're stopping it, right? They're, they're being the red light in that intersection, and the green light. And they're stopping those cars and those huge, enormous diesel trucks, semi-trucks. Is that police officer stopping those cars and trucks with his, with his uh, brute force strength? No, absolutely not. There's no way that that one man can stop those vehicles with brute force strength. See, but what he's stopping it with is the authority that he has been given by the law in wearing that uniform and badge. It's authority. We have to understand the authority we have in Christ. It doesn't mean that it's brute force strength, that you're gonna, that you're gonna you know, sock the enemy. And you're gonna take them down with your big old muscles. No, but it's the authority that you have in Jesus Christ, the same way that officer has been given the authority by the law, amen. You have been given authority by the word of God over your life, by Jesus dying on the cross for you and I and raising himself from the dead, amen. You have that same authority living within you. You're not stopping the forces of darkness, the sickness, fear, and evil with your own strength. You're stopping them with the delegated authority that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? That's amazing. That's unbelievable. 
I believe many in the church don't even really fully grasp that. Or else we would be operating it in a day, on a daily. We would, be, we would be doing more under the authority of Jesus Christ. We would be praying for more people. We would be reaching out to more. We would be casting out demons in the name of Jesus. We would be praying to, ha to have strongholds broken in the name of Jesus. People who can't kick their habits, uh, uh, you know, who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, you would pray for them in the name of Jesus and those strongholds will be broken. There may be someone here that don't even believe me. There may be some and say, oh, you know what? That's just for certain people. No, if you're a child of Christ, that's for you too. That's for you too. Because God is not a respecter of person, amen? He isn't a respecter of title. Titles are given here on earth. God says, you're all my children. You all have that same authority living in your life. You just need to put it into practice. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Not in the power of our might, not in the power of, 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 you know, maybe your church or your pastor, but the power of the might of God the Father. What does that mean in your life? What does that mean for you and I? That means that you can, you can stand up to the enemy. And just as I said, as that police officer stops traffic, you can put your hand on and say, enemy, no more. No more. No more. You're not taking my life. You're not taking my family. You're not taking my spouse. You're not taking my children. You're not taking my joy. You're not taking my peace. You're not taking anything. Get out of here. You have no authority over my life. For I have been bought by the blood of Christ. And greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in you. What are you speaking over your life? Are you speaking the name of Jesus? I know in this day and age we're dealing with COVID and, you know, having, having had it myself a few months back, it just seems like everything, it seems like the, the lungs get hit. That's what I noticed in my life. The lungs get hit. But how many know right now, with, with whatever is taking place, with this sickness and this flu, whatever it is doing to our lungs, with those same lungs, we need to speak the name of Jesus. We, we need to speak the name of Jesus, amen, with those lungs. And we're going to see healing. We're going to see healing take place. So 
So the authority that we have in Christ is a delegated authority. You need to understand this principle of us having his authority. And what that truly means, you think it is not brute force strength. It is the authority that God has given us to combat the lies of the enemy, to combat his attacks, not with our strength, but with his strength. But you need to speak those words. You need to speak that against the, the lies of the enemy and what he is trying to do to you and I. That is your job. That is your task. And that's the authority that God has given to you and I. Secondly, is that it belongs to me. Say, it belongs to me. Come on, say it one more time. I'm thinking, say, say it one more time. It belongs to me. There we go. The Bible says that we are the body of Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. We know that Jesus is the head and the church is the body. That means that his authority is carried out through the body. The Bible says that we are the hands and we are the feet. We carry his authority out to the world. Why? For our, for our personal, you know, for, for us to be put on a pedestal or for us to be glorified. No, for God to be glorified. But we are the body. God has called us to move. God has called us to do something. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to do something. Do something with what God has given to you and I. You have responsibilities. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, he transferred his authority on earth to his body, the church. You and I. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. He says that God raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Paul says it right there. He says what took place. He states there the purpose of Jesus coming to earth for you and I and dying for us, but not staying dead, but that he conquered death on his own and has transferred his authority to you and I. That's awesome. See, in God's mind, when Christ was raised, we were raised. You and I were raised. Some of you, some of you are seeking that raise at your job. <laughs> That's good. Keep seeking it. Amen. But you've been raised from the dead. Amen. You need to thank God for that. You need to give him praise. 
that God raised you from the dead. Oh, raised like none other. See, both the head and the body are seated there next to God in the place of power and authority. This means that you are seated there. And I don't mean, and I don't mean, don't take this literally like you're in an actual seat sitting right next to God. But that means that it's the authority that you have in him. That's what the Bible's talking about. Don't think a literal chair. Well, when I get to heaven, then I'll have this and this and this. No, you can experience it now. You can experience it now. What are we waiting for? You speak the name of Jesus and you will see the power of Christ now in your life. Now in your home. Now in your marriage. Now in your children. You will see it. The Bible says that you are His heir and not heir like E-R-R. O-R. You are not a mistake. But instead, heir, H-E-I-R. You are an heir of God. An heir of Christ, amen? What does that mean? Let me put this in a different perspective here. You are his beneficiary. How about that? Everyone knows what a beneficiary is, right? It's the person who, who gets everything when, when, you know, sadly, that person passes away. If, 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 you're, if, you're, if your parent goes to be with the Lord, amen, then, then you receive all those things that they put your name down for. The life insurance. All the retirement that they had stored up. You are their beneficiary. Everything belongs to you. And that's what Christ says to us. He says, everything I have belongs to you. You're my beneficiary. Each and every one of you. You're na- you're, I don't know if you're getting this or, or not, but when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I picture it like when someone puts down their beneficiary on a certain form. I'm making this person, the person who's going to get everything. Well, when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, what is any different? There is no difference there. God's writing your name and it says, he or she gets everything of mine. Because they are my child. They are my beneficiary. Belongs to you. So lastly here, how do we use it? How do we use this authority that God has given to us through Jesus Christ? Paul writes in Ephesians 1.20, in chapter 2 and verse 6, that we are seated with God in Christ. 
what that means is that you are the one that he moves through. Then when adversity arises in your life, use your authority by speaking out what his word says. Using the name of Jesus. When sickness tries to overtake your body, you say in the name of Jesus, I bind you sickness. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare and decree healing over my life right now. Right now, healing to take place. In the name of Jesus, and you just keep repeating it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and you speak it over your life. See, the authority is in the name, church. It's in the name. It's not in how much scripture you can remember and, and, and cite off at any given time. It's do you understand and know the power of Jesus Christ? Have you encountered him? The authority is in the name. It's like using the name of a president of a company. Any of you ever had to use a name of someone in authority to get what you wanted? Well, so-and-so told me to do this. Hopefully, hopefully you're not using Pastor Richard's name to do that here in church. Pastor Richard said that we're going to do it this way. But how many know that there's, that there's power in those names? There's authority in those names. People listen. People move. And this is what, how God wants us to use the name of Jesus. Because how many know that Jesus, there is, there is no one greater than the name of Jesus. Amen? As the a, as a song says, uh, kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Why? Because he is higher. He is greater. He is more powerful than anyone who ever walked the face of this earth. The Bible says that every knee must bow to that name. Every knee must bow. Doesn't matter if you believe or not believe. You will come to a place where you will believe. Because every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. Jesus makes it very clear that his name is the key to all authority. In John chapter 13, verse 13, as the worship team comes forward this morning. John 13, 13. Jesus says this, he says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it.
He says, because I've been given all power. I've been given all authority. God wants to, us to activate this in our lives by using it. Because it's already there. We just need to use it. We need to speak it. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 8 says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. I mean, no prayer is important, amen? Yes. We had prayer central this past Friday, and what an awesome prayer central it was. Awesome. If you haven't been to a prayer central, you need to attend the first Friday of every month. Be here with us, 7 p.m., They took part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Verse four says, Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. He says, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. And he says this. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Verse 7 says, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. You see, it wasn't their own anointing. It wasn't their own power that brought upon this healing It was the power in the name of Jesus Christ. And they knew they were given the authority to use it. He says, look, I don't have this, what you're asking for, but I have this. He didn't even mention to him, it's for you to be healed. He just spoke over his life. He just spoke over his life. He didn't wait for the man to ask, can I be healed? He just spoke it over his life. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus. It's not in my authority, but when I speak the name of Jesus, miracles happen. When I speak the name of Jesus, people change. Things change. Circumstances change. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. He changed you and I. You're not the same person you were before you had a relationship with Christ. You're not. You're not. Don't ever let the enemy lie to you and think that the grass was greener back in in Egypt. 
because it wasn't. You were in bondage. You were a slave. And Jesus has freed us. We're out of Egypt. We're out of there. Some of you may be in the wilderness. Well, you know what? Stop complaining. That's why the Israelites were in the wilderness. God, help us to stop complaining. Help us to stop looking at the negative. And help us to see and understand and use the power of the name of Jesus that changes things. As every head is bowed, every eye closed this morning.